Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, salatu wa salam wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Dear brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Islamic Oasis Live. Dear brothers and sisters, today we have a unique subject that we are going to discuss. Uh, unique in a sense that uh, we want to make sure that uh, the Muslims understand Sharia the way it needs to be understood. What makes Sharia such an amazing and viable uh, system. How is it that it will last till the day of judgment? And that has a lot to do with the discussion of difference of opinion and it, within the within Islam and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows difference of opinion, how the Sahaba had difference of opinion, how the ulama, specifically the mustahideen, that have difference of opinion. So inshallah, today, bi'iznillah ta'ala, we have an amazing guest, a scholar, a teacher, a friend, uh, Asim Qadi. Sheikh Asim Qazi is on with us today, inshallah. We will be discussing with him this very important topic, uh, a topic that must be and needs to be understood by the Muslims as a whole, uh, specifically the leadership of the Muslims, the ulama of the Muslims. Of course, the ulama understand, uh, but at the same time, we even see the ulama fall in this trap uh, of... Uh, not understanding the reasons or how to take care of, uh, how to deal with difference of opinions and how they emerge. So inshallah, we will get right into the subject due to time. Sheikh Asim Khadi, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh ya Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair for uh, inviting me. Jazakallah khair. Sheikh, let's get into the topic, uh, topic right away, inshallah. And the topic today, as we mentioned, uh, is, is, is difference of opinion and how does it emerge. So if you can uh, start us off just to kind of, uh, so we can get this recording, what is difference of opinion? And what does it mean? Um, it, it's, a, it's a huge subject, first of all. Um, it's not a small subject that, we will be able to cover as a whole today, uh, but inshallah, we'll leave with some understanding regarding the difference of opinion, or we hear the word in Arabic, ikhtilaf, which is uh, which means the differences or difference. Um, so when we say difference of opinion, before uh, we dive into the subject, I want to lay out at least the framework, what we want to work with. Number one thing to understand why we are discussing this subject. Uh, and second, uh, we will not be going into the details of uh, or discussing difference of opinions from the fiqh perspective in a, in a, per se that whether the dhabiha meat is halal or we have to have the ahlul kitab meat and on and on. This is not the purpose of it to just give one opinion. It's not for uh, getting a fatwa or something, this, this, this uh, discussion. The purpose you of discussion... Want, you, want the, 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 uh, you want to lay out a format of uh, how, just how it happens rather than discussing the fiqh matters. 
Yes. So uh, th this is what we want to talk about. So um, uh, and, and how uh, we resolve it also. I'm sorry. And how we resolve it, inshallah. Yes. What, so what so the main idea is to understand basically, inshallah, that uh, where are the places in Islam or the Sharia where differences of opinions are allowed. And where are the areas which uh, which is it's not allowed for have a difference of opinion, and then wherever the difference of opinion uh, occur, uh, how do we deal with it? Uh, so the, these are the these are the main things that we'd like to talk about, inshallah, and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll lay out some of the evidences as well to show that uh, the differences of opinion did exist in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam among the Sahaba, and uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allowed those differences as well. So it's not the issue of differences of opinion is a problem. As a matter of fact, the differences of opinion uh, is something which is healthy uh, for the ummah. And um, uh, we will see that later on, that why it's healthy as well. But think of this way, that if a new issue comes up and uh, we are looking for the solution from Islam, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the message that encompasses all the times, until the Day of Judgment, any issue comes up, we can find the solution from the wahi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the shape of Quran and Sunnah. Let now, me, yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Sheikh Asim. You know, a lot of times people, when we discuss difference of opinion, you know, they almost think that it is something, uh, you know, uh, that creates division, that this is something. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, is it, is, this is a question before you actually dive into the subject. Is this because a lot of people don't understand that Quran is a legal code, is a book for you know, uh, uh, you know, rulings rather than a holy book? I mean, you know, of course, it's 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 a, you know what I mean that it is a, a Quran is viable to the day of judgment, and just because it is there to the day of judgment, you're going to have people who read the text differently. Yeah, so uh, that's one aspect of it, which is uh, people. Unfortunately, we are living in a time and day where, in general, everybody looks at spirituality or Islam, look at Islam as a form of just a spiritual aspect of it. It gives you some sort of spirituality. And when it comes to code of conduct or the life affairs, it's only limited to only the individual aspect of Islam. We will go, people go to Islam, but when it comes to Islam as a way of life that deals with all sorts of problems that can come up with, uh, uh, Islam can solve the problems. I, I think this is a missing uh, point we have. And uh, if we look at the Quran, even from as Allah says, that we have revealed this book that explains everything. And the moment we start looking at the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that angle, that when I'm reading the Quran, I can find the solution for solutions for all my problems, no matter what kind of a problem we're talking about, whether it's a, a spiritual issue, whether it's we're talking about the financial or social or, or, or ruling or, or, or whatsoever. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the one who sent this book and he's the one who has given us uh, uh, this book with, uh, with, this, uh, uh, with this that it has all the solutions. Of course, when we talk about the Quran, automatically, Sunnah is part of it. Meaning, Quran is the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who commands us in the Quran to follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is another form of wahi. And I always bring this up uh, whenever we are discussing this issue of even the Quran gives us solutions for everything. Just to make sure for the completeness people understand. It's not we are becoming Quranist or something. <laughs> the one who are rejecting the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No. 
Sunnah is another form of wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So that, that, that point of view has to be in the mind that Islam is a comprehensive way of life. And uh, it's not, we don't look at Islam from the secular perspective, meaning thinking of Islam as something like, uh, it just deals with me, my spirituality, but when it comes to my uh, conduct of life, I go back to the man-made laws. This is not the way Islam is. Islam gives us solutions for all the things. So okay. that's what I was asking. I mean, the question, uh, let me, what I'm saying is that, uh, is it because people lack that understanding that it is a legal code? I, I believe, yeah, I believe it's both. Yeah, it, it is one of the aspects is this, that uh, they miss that aspect of it, that it, it provides us the... the I'm sorry? The legislation. legislation. Yeah, but this legislation is done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are only approaching that legislation as human beings and trying to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. And now this is our uh, uh, human, being human, uh, we have differences among ourselves. Uh, We have different level of understanding of the things. And when we approach any text, then there is a chance that we, uh, uh, there can be places where you can have differences in understandings. Whether we're talking about the Quran, we're talking about the Sunnah, uh, of course, we are only talking about those aspect, those parts of the Quran Sunnah that can carry more than one meaning. We're not talking about the one which are qatai, meaning they have definite, conclusive meanings. Then, in that case, there cannot be a difference of opinion. Of course, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But I, I want to establish something else here. For instance, uh, Sheikh, in this society, whether it's secular or whether it's uh, it's uh, you know uh, you know uh, yani secular or dictatorship, yani in general, whatever, like a capitalist system, whether it's communist system, whether it's Islam, whether we have dictatorships, whatever it is, you know, for instance, there are bodies of uh, you know, institutions that are there, even in this country, for instance, that have, uh, let's say, University of Chicago, you have Stanford, you have others who have difference of opinion when it comes to policies, mm-hmm. right? They have a structure. They say, well, of course, different schools can have different opinion and that's the reason for having these schools so they can look at problems and be able to see all the problems from every perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, is this point missing amongst the Muslims that when the, the difference of opinion occurs, it's mm-hmm. only occurring because the ulama are trying to make sure that they are able to look at the comprehensive, yeah, look at the problems comprehensively, and then they approach... Uh, the issues is this. I mean, is that a good example to give to so, so the people can understand that? I mean, so to, to, to an extent, any society. Yeah, to an extent, it, it, it is a good example for, to an extent, but we have to just distinguish from the angle of when we are talking about Islam. Uh, uh, before I go into that, I want to make sure one thing though. Throughout the history of Islam, that was a very normal thing. Yes. Muslims understood very well that differences of, differences of opinions are allowed in Islam. Okay, so that's not the issue. There was never an issue for us. Yeah. This is something new for the ummah to look at Islam and looking at the, uh, and look at the difference of opinions and thinking as if that's the cause of the problem. That's not the cause of the problem, actually. That's actually a cause that that, that helps us to uh, refine our opinions uh, when we are looking at especially the new issues. Yeah. We're not. Just saying the first opinion anybody en- ends up with, and this is it, and nobody can say anything about that opinion anymore. No, Islam was never like that. 
Now, if, if we are concluding something from the Quran and Sunnah, and if it's not qat'i, I'm saying using this term, which is it's not conclusive, or it's not definite, in those cases where there is room for differences of opinions, Islam right. allows it, and that we will we can we can continue to have it. Now, the example that you brought up, yes, it is it is like that, but the only difference would be that we are not using our mind to conclude, meaning uh, uh, to 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 just come up with an opinion from barely by use of the mind. Rather, we are using the mind to understand the wahi, mm. and for us. The main source of right and wrong or halal and haram comes from the wahi. Yes, mind is used to understand what Allah Azza wa wants from us in those scenarios or situations that we are coming up with, uh, whether it was in the past, whether it's today, or whether it will be in the future. Okay, uh, just to, okay, so uh, Sheikh Asim, how important, um, you know, for instance, I guess there, there's two questions I have. One is that you know, Alhamdulillah, the Muslims, uh, they when the new issues come, right? Muslims do look at ulama and they want them to give them a solution. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that we still, Alhamdulillah, we have. But the Ummah does say, hey, what is the opinion uh, in Sharia? What does Islam say? And this, you know. But, and the second question, if you can also uh, answer this. Why is it that the Muslims do look, when the new issues come, they look at, the ulama to give them the legal and the illegal of it, but then they, the 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 institutions that make this happen, we don't have. You see what I'm saying? I mean, the ulama in general, we, they they're giving us okay, this is halal, this is haram. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is that the institutions that were set to do this at all times, they mm-hmm. they don't exist. In, as as a state, as an institution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so the Muslims don't look at that, but they still want the legal yes or no. Yeah. So there, 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 there are a couple of issues here, right? One is, of course, when you're saying institution, uh, obviously, sometimes people, it comes to the mind as if you're discussing, you're saying some university or some madrasa is sitting there and that's passing the fatawas, which exist actually, right? So there are many, many madaris or universities are out there who will give you the fatwa that you are looking for or, or the, uh, whatever the question you have, inshallah, they'll be able to give you what Islam says about that. What is missing here is uh, uh, the institution that you're referring to is the one that actually keeps the harmony among the differences of opinions that exist among the people. What I mean by that is there are variations in differences of opinions, right? It depends on what kind of, what type of opinion we're talking about. If that type is related to individual issue, for example, ibadah of a person that he does individually, uh, or uh, other things which is related to, for example, his malbusad, matumat, meaning the clothing or his food or his akhlaq, moral values and stuff like that. He's a trustworthy person or he's a liar. It's an individual thing. Now, those differences of opinions related to those things do not really create much friction among the people. Yeah. The issue really rises up when there's a ikhtilaf or there's a difference of opinion in an issue which relates to uh, more than one people. Now there's a conflict happens, meaning there's a transaction between more than one party, more, more than one parties, and now they are trying to perform an action, and the people who are involved in that action they disagree. One has an opinion, let's say the I'm just saying for the sake of discussion, a Hanbali opinion, one has a Maliki and one has a Hanafi opinion, and they happen to differ from each other. 
or they could have just the Hanafi opinions, but from different Hanafi scholars, and they may have differences of opinions among themselves. Now, when they will try to execute the action, that will become a problem. They will not be able to perform an action because for each one of them, whatever opinion they are carrying, that's a hukum of Allah for them. And they have to stick with it. So the only way these kind of problems can be solved is if there is, uh, first of all, we have to look at it. If Islam provides us a mechanism, and Islam does, the mechanism is that there's a, uh, uh, there's a principle uh, in the, the, the qaida that says, Amrul Imam Khilaf, which is the command of, uh, of the Imam, which is the Amir, which is, uh, which is the Khalifa, which is the one who uh, uh, implements the rule of, rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he adopts a, uh, uh, an opinion, then in that case, the rest of the Ummah, they have to follow that opinion because the, uh, uh, because, uh, the other qaida says that Amrul Imam nafid dhahiran wa batinan that the, the, the command of the Imam must be implemented in private life, in private uh, batin and in, uh, in open, in adahir. So in both cases, it is a must for the Ummah to follow. Now, the opinion that he has adopted may be different than uh, what I believe or what you believe. It could be a completely third opinion. But it is from Shara. Look, when we say opinion, there's another term to remember. Whenever we're saying a difference of opinion, we're talking about the opinion from the Shara. The opinions which are out of the Shara are not considered as difference of opinion. They are just, uh, they are not considered as Islamic opinion. And we don't follow. No, I'm talking about the opinions, meaning they are extracted from the sources of Islam. Yes, they're extracted from the sources of Islam. And uh, we have the evidences from, the, which is Quran, Sunnah, Ijma, Sahaba, and Qiyas. Uh, and that this is another uh, uh, place where we may have differences because scholars do differ in these sources sometimes. For example, when we say ijma, so what does it mean by ijma, right? Which is consensus. Consensus of the Sahaba called ijma sahaba. There's some of the scholars they 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 they, they, they took as ijma ahl al Madina, for example, the people of Medina, the Sahaba who were the, uh, or later on who was in the Medina. That was considered as their consensus was considered as a source, and some of them look at it as ijma uh, ijma uh, ijma al ummah, where the whole ummah agrees on something, then it will be considered as a source, and so on uh, uh, on and on. Ijma ahl al bayt, for example. Mm-hmm. So uh, the people of the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if they agreed upon something, they're considered a source. So now that, that that's the idea. So now, if somebody differs there, there's a chance that when he is he or she or he or she actually. Because a mushtahid, a person who extracts the rules, is called mushtahid. Can be a man or a male or female. Now, this is this is very interesting because you know a lot of times, unfortunately, okay, okay. unfortunately, <laughs> you know, you have, you yeah. know, you have a uh, uh, lot of times people don't even think that a sister or woman can actually be a, a mushtahid uh-huh. or a mufti uh-huh. or uh, uh, or or uh, you know a faqih yeah. uh, who can actually give you the ruling. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's always, we think that we're talking about men uh, who are just, you know, who, who are in this process, uh, who are in, in, in this field. But mm-hmm. the reality is otherwise, at least when, the, yes. when this decline did not happen the way yes. we see it today. Yes. So we have, so what you're saying is that ikhtilaf is there and it will always be there. Mm-hmm. But we also have the, the, 
another process where that ikhtilaf is then resolved by the institution of the Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Be- because in that case, it's an obligation for the Ummah. And this is how it was always the case. It's not something we would like to resolve with this way. This is what we see throughout the history of Islam, actually. Even in the time of Khulfai Rashidin. When we say Khulfai Rashidin, talking about uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq, Omar al-Khattab, Uthman, Ali, Nahasan, uh, uh, their time also, we see, and later on as well, uh, when they adopted an opinion, or Sahaba had differences. Like, I'll give you an example. Simplest example was, in the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq, he had the opinion that the the wealth that should be distributed from the treasury, from the Baytul Mal, among the people, for example, uh, if there's a spoil of war has come and it's been distributed among the people, it will be distributed equally among them. No matter when the person came into Islam, meaning it doesn't matter the seniority of a person in Islam, whether he fought against Rasulullah or not. And Umar al-Khattab, who was a Qadi himself in the time of Abu Bakr, uh, he disagreed with Umar, uh, Abu Bakr. But uh, because Abu Bakr was the, the Khalifa to Rasul, the successor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in that case, it was an obligation on Umar to follow him, even though he presented his opinion. He said this is what he disagrees, and his opinion was the people who fought against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he, they enter into the fold of Islam way later in time, they do not have the equal right to, uh, to have the same kind of a share in that spoil of war, then the person who have never fought and was always with Rasulullah and he came, uh, he or she came to Islam in the earlier times. Now, uh, so when Abu Bakr passed away, which was he, his Khilafah was about two years or, or three months or so, when Umar bin Khattab, he became the Khalifa later on. So in the time of Abu Bakr, he continued to follow his opinion, the Abu Bakr's opinion. But when he became Khalifa, now he applied his opinion and everybody had to follow him and everybody followed him. So this is what it means by uh, the differences of opinions. When they come in, uh, you have to follow no matter what you are carrying the opinion of. So you can have a different opinion. You can carry it. You can even teach the others. That's not a problem. You can mm-hmm. teach the others. But when it comes to the ta'a, when it comes to obedience, which really matters in the case of differences, then you have to follow what has been adopted. Okay, so let, let's go a little bit uh, you know, before when we get... We, uh, you, you you said it, but I just I, I want to bring it uh, as a as a point to make sure we clarify it. So when we are talking about even the difference of opinion, because you know, like you mentioned it, you said, look, when we are talking about difference of opinion, we are talking about uh, where it is allowed by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to have difference of opinion, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, whether uh, when it's not a khatai uh, issue, when when it's already has been clearly legislated. So can you give me an example of that where mm-hmm. you cannot have a different opinion, period. Uh, no one is allowed to touch it. Nobody is allowed to even think that there could be a different opinion. So for example, when it comes to the basic aqaid, right? The, the basic creed of Islam. When we say we believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, uh, we believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the final prophet mm. and Quran being the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we talk about the basic creed of Islam, if anybody comes up and say he disagrees or he has ikhtilaf in this issue, 
For example, uh, like uh, in the case of uh, Indian subcontinent, there was a guy named Ghulam Ahmed Qadiani. So he, uh, he, he claimed to be a prophet. Hmm. Now, he claimed to be a prophet. Now, that action itself can throw a person out of Islam. Because now you are talking about you are going against the basic creed of Islam, which is Qatay. There is no difference of opinion about this issue. That Rasulullah was the last messenger and there will be no more messenger after Rasulullah. So this is the, when it comes to these, like, these kind of aqaid, like for example, uh, uh, or the issue of, for example, Jannah and Nar, existence of Malaika, existence of Jinn, for example. These are qatai issues. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we, we can get it from the text of the Quran and the Sunnah. And there was never another uh, opinion regarding this issue. And if somebody does come up with this opi- any other opinion, that will be considered as an invalid opinion and can uh, cause a person to be out of Islam as well. When it comes to the basic aqaid when we're talking about. That's one aspect. Aqeedah yeah. issues, there is no difference of opinion, period. Doesn't yeah, matter. because Aqeedah is built on the Qatar, on definite uh, definite text from the Quran and the Sunnah, and it has to be by meaning and by the reportage, both of them have to be Qatar. So this is, alright, so when it comes to Aqeedah issues, and because what you mentioned there, there is no, uh, so for instance, you know, when the ayat, you know, you have, but, uh, like, go ahead. Well, it could be, so this is one of the aspects, right? Other, right. it could be ahkam related as well. Okay. okay, yeah, that's what I wanted to know because so I think a lot could of be... understand the aqidah issue is fine. But yeah. let's say in the in, in the matters of affairs, yes. like uh, mu'amalat, and let's say when you have the ayah, وَمَا لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ دَفَعُ الْكَافِرُونَ I mean, then people come and they give, for instance, they say, okay, Abdullah ibn Abbas had a difference of opinion in this. Can you discuss it? They say, oh, this is kufar, abduna kufar. That's different. It's not somebody, you know. I mean, can somebody even have a different opinion on a matter that there can be any other legislator than Allah? I mean, uh, there, there are abundant of uh, of uh, evidences regarding this issue that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the only legislator in al hukmu illa lillah. And uh, the uh, ayah you mentioned, "Wa malam yahkum bima anzal Allah fulaykum al kafirun." And then fasiqun zalimun and ayat after ayat after ayat. It's not just we're talking about one or two ayat here. The, the Quran is filled with uh, the rulings regarding uh, that, that shows very clearly that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is allowed to legislate in Islam. Okay. Now I think people sometimes get confused with things like where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed certain things in Islam, which are mubah. Mubah means permissible. Okay. Now, when we say permissible, permissible means whether you like to have coffee or tea, this is, both of them are permissible. Now you're choosing between those two. Now, when you are choosing between the two, you're not legislating. You're not making a rule here. You're not making a law here. Both of them are halal here. Now, you are picking one and using that, that one. Or, for example, when the Khalifa is adopting one of the opinions from the Shara, in the case of Ikhtilaf, in that case, you don't say Khalifa is legislating now. He has, legislation still is coming from Allah. Allah is a legislator. We have understood what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us, or that uh, uh, whoever is the mujtahid, uh, whether it's the Khalifa or the person who does the ijtihad, and Khalifa takes the ijtihad and adopts it. Uh, but 
and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the word istihad and mujtahid also because I think I'm just yeah. using these terms yeah. loosely. Uh, yeah. uh, people should be aware of these terms as well. Uh, now, uh, going back to the issue that you're saying, uh, in the case of whether it's a ruling issue or whether other issues, like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, even that's related to the ruling as well, of course, when it says, Asariq wa sariq faqtahu aidiyahum. Asariq wa sariqa faqtahu aidiyahum. So now here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, uh, if there is a male uh, thief or female thief, Allah is commanding us to, uh, commanding the ruler here. It's not for the for uh, individual to cut the hand of the thief. Of course, it has all the, all the, what do you call, uh, you all need the conditions have to be, all the conditions have to be fulfilled uh, for a person's hand to be cut. It's not like uh, something that's uh, very simple. Uh, for example, you can see throughout the history of Islam, Islam ruled for about 13 centuries. You find about 200 people's hands were cut in 13 centuries. So uh, it, it, it's not it's not as easy as people think of it. So, so uh, this is a definite hukum. It cannot be changed now. You cannot come, somebody cannot come up and say, oh, hand means putting a person six months in jail. No, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, that has to be fulfilled, but it has to be fulfilled in the fashion that Allah has uh, has commanded us. So uh, uh, that, that goes to the issue of the qata. And same goes for uh, the hukum belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, there is no other opinion, by the way. Now, uh, you can look at the, all the historical books of Islam that you will not find anywhere. In all the fiqih books, all of them talk about this way. As a matter of fact, the way they discuss the issue of even implementing the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm. it is always looked at as this is by default. It will always be there. You, you, you feel like when you're reading the fiqih books, as if in their, in their conscience that this, this is lazim wa malzum, for example. Yeah? This has to be there. This is, you cannot talk about Islam without implementing Islam. Today, we are living in a time for almost 100 years now that Islam has not been implemented. So now the minds have been developed this way for the people because they have been exposed to all other kind of ideologies and they haven't seen Islam to be implemented they, uh, and the impact of that has occurred because of the colonialist, colonialist rule that happened over the Muslim Ummah. Uh, and now you find Muslims are saying Islam and secularism are same, or Islam is embedded in the secularism, or democracy and Islam are same. These are all contradictory systems. If you just, and I'm not talking about even going into detail or depth of these systems, even from the very high level view, you can see that actually Islam contradicts with all of them. Meaning that this was not, not even an issue of questioning. I mean, this was, as you said, I mean, this was something that the Muslims understood that there is no way that we can live without Islam or without the, uh, yes. the, the ruling of Islam. So the question uh, uh, that occurs now, uh, Sheikh Asim, is that, you know, because I don't want this to be also a theoretical discussion only, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, today, we find that you know, people do have different opinions. Ulema have different opinions. There's a lot that goes on to the point that, yani it's so people say, like, look, uh, you know, we just how do we? Uh, what can we do to resolve this matter? Now, let's say that the khilafah does not exist, which is an unfortunate situation. And now, without it, you do have different opinions. So, is it that we are going to live in this chaos? that people will continue to just have different opinion and there'll be no unity amongst the ummah? Uh, or is it that, no, you, we, we have no other choice but that 
we have to bring about that institution. That's the only way that unity will happen amongst the Ummah. Other than that, we're talking theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is an interesting uh, question. And, and this is actually, this is one of the reasons I really like to talk about this topic. Because uh, personally, myself, there was a time I was very confused about this uh, when when I started learning uh, uh, in more depth uh, the Islam probably about 30 years ago or so. So uh, when I was learning, and I happened to have a teacher at that time uh, who had this view of as if the Ummah will be united when we will agree on all the opinions. <laughs> Meaning, we take these op- differences away and then the Ummah will be united. Mm. Okay? Uh, and it's it stemmed from, by the way, a very simple thing. For example, the Salah. Okay? And we see people when they are praying, and you can see in the masjid that you go to, some people will be probably, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm sitting right now, but uh, uh, some people will be probably putting their hands here on the chest, some will be on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the navel, and some of them will probably have their hands not even t- t- uh, uh, tied up, right? So they'll be on the, uh, on the sides. Now, that was kind of a strange uh, when I started learning about Islam, that uh, why the ummah is even so different, even in these basics, uh, basic things, because Allah is considered as one of the basic things. And even that, you find that people are praying differently. So should we have a, a, a consensus on that, meaning everybody should be praying same? And it happened to be uh, that brother, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, protect him. Uh, but uh, his, he was saying that as if, the, his opinion was the only opinion. Unfortunately, this is how he was presenting at that time. And his say was, if you follow the Quran and the Sunnah uh, on the footsteps of the Sahaba, automatically you will only have one opinion. While when I studied more further, I realized when people say this thing, the opinion of the Sahaba or understanding of the Sahaba was something, well, Sahaba differed themselves also. Mm. So that was an invalid statement to say that this will bring take away all the differences. This does not take away differences, as a matter of fact. Okay? So... But is that also not understanding that... I, I, I know I cut you off, but I, is, it, is that also not understanding uh, how human being works by itself? I mean, how can you have... In one home, you will have three different opinions on any matter. Well, what do you mean by the human being's work? Yeah, how... The, the, the meaning, you know, when, when you... Like, when you, when you look at a situation, when you look at a problem, right, or when you look at any text, uh, yeah. you, could, you, you may look at the text in so many different ways. Isn't that something normal? I mean, that you can't go, go away from? Or is it that, okay, no, I have to only look at the text this way? I mean, yeah, that's that normal in, in human societies is what I'm saying. Yeah, so as I said, um, when it comes to even looking at a, t- at a text, right? So you can see that there are some parts of the text can only be seen one way, and there are parts of the text that can be can have many meanings. So let's not think of this way that you can have difference of opinion in everything, right? Or there cannot be any difference of opinion. They're both incorrect, actually. So there are t- that there t- there are places where you cannot have difference of opinion, and there are places where you can have differences. So yes, the places where Shara allows to have differences. Yes, you can have within the family, people may differ in looking at the very same text. Like, you know, even in the English language, uh, there is a phrase, uh, expression is like this, right? Um, uh, a man hit the boy with an umbrella. Now, it depends how you look at it. Somebody might think the boy was hit with an umbrella or 
the boy was carrying the umbrella and the guy would just hit him whichever way he hit him <laughs> you, you see what i'm saying so the way huh yeah that's what the same sentence can be looked at in two it depends on how you look at the sentence yeah, yeah. now uh, similarly we can find in the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as well when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he actually uh, commanded the sahaba who were going to rasulullah send them to banu quraida okay and he told them that la yusalliyanna ahadun al-asr illa fi bani quraida he told them do not pray salat al-asr until you are in bani quraida now the sahaba say the father ka ba'dhum al-asr fi tariq to on the way when they were on the way it was time for salat al-asr so they said we have to pray salat al-asr now the other sahaba said rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that you cannot pray we, actually they said rasulullah said pray when you are in bani quraida Now the ones, so some of the Sahaba, they prayed there and others, they delayed it until they get to Banu Quraida and the time of Asr was expired and they prayed the, 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 the Qada. Now, when they went to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they mentioned what happened and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, when he heard about the, the hadith of Fadukir Al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَلَمْ يُعَنِّفْ وَاحِدًا مِّنْهُمْ Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not rebuke to any of them. Why? Because the one group who prayed before getting to Banu Quraida, which sometimes people might think, oh, they went against uh, the command of Rasulullah Sallallahu No, they did not. Because they understood it as hurry up and get to Banu Quraida before the Salatul Asr time expires. So make sure you pray your Salatul Asr in Banu Quraida. This is how they understood. So since the time was expiring, so they prayed before that. While the other took it literally as Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Pray uh, when you get to Banu Quraida. So whether time goes or uh, uh, whatever happens, they're gonna they, they prayed over there. So they expired the 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 salah time uh, uh, was expired and they pray over there. So see that that, that there can be differences and there were there were differences. As I one of the examples I just mentioned in the life of Rasulullah sallam, he was presented with that and he accepted both of them. Okay. So yes, yeah. it is it is normal. In in this okay so. Who are the people who, uh, I mean, obviously I can't do it. I mean, who are the people who, let's say in, in the case of the Sahaba, uh, I, I guess somebody could ask a question. In the case of Sahaba, okay, they understood the Arabic language. Uh, they, I mean, I don't know if there was a scholar amongst that, that group uh, that made some type of, you know, ishtihad on the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, and Can, can you ex- explain that? Because, I mean, yeah. today, who, who can do that? I mean, it's not like, unfortunately, we don't have the type of people where they could actually understand the, the statement yeah. of the processor. I mean, we, we have the people, but we don't have that many, probably. Yes, yeah. that's the, the correct statement. I mean, it's not a uh, common thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, the point for, first to understand is, uh, the text of the Quran and Sunnah, which has been given, which is, uh, that Rasulullah presented to us, It is, um, the khutab is for all the ummah, okay, over there. Meaning the address is the whole ummah. So we all have to understand that. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for our actions. Any action that we are going to undertake, we need to know what is the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that action, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I am jumping uh, So some of the things. Of course, we cannot cover everything here. Uh, I'm using this principle to just uh, mentioning no, it. I don't want... People to think that okay, a group left, 
and they took the, the basically the matter in their own hands to understand it the way they wanted. Yes, yes, this is true. So uh, we have to understand that this is not uh, just anybody can do whatever they feel like and they will they, they'll be doing that. Rather, you have to have uh, uh, the knowledge. Uh, the correct, uh, correct correct understanding of the issue, correct understanding of the uh, of the wahi to know what Allah subhanahu wa taala wants. Now, now so uh, let's start with that. Every uh, all, all of us are mukallaf. Mukallaf means we are uh, accountable for our actions that we are undertaking. Now, b- because of that, we have to know what does Allah subhanahu wa taala wants pertaining to our actions. Now, uh, the reality that we are in, as you just said, also that not everybody is capable of understanding what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us for all our actions. Now, we are limited to the people who have this caliber of knowledge that they can, they can tell us what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want, wants in a specific situation, right? And now, in that case, what happens is that person when we are talking about, which is called, a person is called mushtahid, the one who does the ishtihad. Okay. Mushtahid is a person who has that set of qualification, the knowledge that you are talking about, who can do the ishtihad. Ishtihad is the ruling that you're extracting, or the process is also called ishtihad, that you are getting to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. Now, uh, so you, you, you uh, that person who is referred as the mushtahid, he has the knowledge of, for example, he knows the language. So, okay, but when we say language, it's the, uh, by the way, number one thing, he has to be Muslim. Okay, uh-huh. and he has to be a competent Muslim, and I suggest use the word Muslim when I'm saying Muslim. Muslim and Muslimah both are con- uh, are included in it. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, he or she they they have to be competent Muslim, uh, Muslims. Number one thing. Second thing, they have to have uh, they have to know the Arabic language. Okay, not necessarily they have to know the comprehensively the whole Arabic language, but at least the language that is needed for uh, understanding the text or the details of the text that he is approaching or she is approaching to understand regarding that specific issue. Now, why the Arabic? Because the Islam was revealed to us in the Arabic language. So we have to, we must, uh, we must have the, uh, the the uh, the understanding of the language. Otherwise, we cannot do the ishtihad. We can continue to. Uh, learn from the others or continue to imitate or copy the others who will tell us what Allah wants then and we can go into the category of uh, muqallid, the one who imitates. Now, in the case of the mushtahid, so it's Arabic is the second thing. Then he has to have the understanding of the Quran. Okay, so knowledge of the Quran. When we say Quran, there are ulum al-Quran, which is uh, uh, to understand that specific, uh, the, the text that he's approaching. And then besides that, for example, the difference between uh, Makki and Madani ayat, Nasikh wa Mansuk. Makkin Madani means where it was revealed, the time of re- revelation, um, or Asbabun Nuzul, cause of revelation, uh, uh, or uh, uh, there are uh, like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the one who wrote the Jalalain, Jalalain Suyuti. So Suyuti, he mentioned the, about 80 different branches. For a person who wants to do the tafsir of the Quran, for example. Okay, do not do this if you do not have those the understanding of that. Yes, you can read the others tafsir, that's one thing. But to you to become a mufassir, you have to have uh, all that knowledge. So you have to have the knowledge regarding that. Okay, the Quran. Then the hadith. And I'm just touching the subject, of course. We're not going to go into too much detail. 
hadith, for example, sunnah, sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yes. Sheikh Hasim, uh, the thing is, I mean, so let's say there's a question. Let's say if this is how rigorous the process is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Any how? How? What? Any? Can people actually expect answers quickly? Or is it every question will go through this process and then by the time they actually get an answer, the event is over and the and they don't even need the answer anymore. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, before I answer this question, I am not able to keep up with the question. I'm, I'm hoping that you are looking at it or somebody else I'm is looking, looking at it. Right? I, I am, I am, but I, I, okay. I am also... Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, uh, f- first of all, to understand, we need to know what is the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for any action that we are undertaking. Okay? That this okay. is the basic thing that we should okay. always remember. All right. All right. So you, you're, setting the, you're saying that if you were any action you were about to take, yeah. you should have already known what is what yes. needs to be done. Yes. The halal and the haram of it. Yes. So okay. for example, you want, the basic of the time. Okay, I got you. Yeah. You want to get married. Okay? Yeah. You were not never married, so you need to get married. Now since you want to get married, you need you you must know the rules and regulations of the relationship between husband and wife, okay, or the children that you are going to uh, going to have to how to raise the children. So all that information that are, that is related to your actions is a must for you to know. Now whether you are capable of uh, finding the answer by yourself or not, you are still a mukallaf. You are still a responsible, accountable person in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So you still have to know the ruling. Yes, you will. Go. If you do not, you cannot do it. You go to the people who can give you the answer now. Okay. Now, uh, when we go to the the people we're talking about, uh, some of those people may not be mushtahideen, by the way. So a mufti can be, do this. A mufti can do that. A knowledgeable person can tell you because many of those opinions probably are already there. Right. Okay, in the past, it has been already concluded. Right. So there's very small set of uh, things we talk about. The new things are coming up. And what, what is the answer for those new things? Yes, for that, uh, uh, research has to be done to understand the reality and to know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from, uh, from us for so, in those situations. So to make, to make sure, so we're saying that, okay, because, you know, a lot of times whenever I ask the questions to the ulama, usually you say, well, you know, the process is, of course, rigorous and it, it takes a lot of work. I understand that. But see, uh, from the public, uh, the average public perspective, uh, you know, a lot of the times people ask questions like, yeah, if this is so long, how are we supposed to get an answer? So the answer in this matter is that before you take the action, you are accountable to know the halal and the haram of it. That's true. It's not just, oh, I intend to do something and you just go do it. And then as process goes on, you're asking questions. No. No. So you you, you do not do an action until you know the answer for that first. Okay. okay so and other, other thing is, uh, uh, I know people think of it as very rigorous and all that. Uh, subhanAllah, the problem is, uh, it was never thought this way among the ummah. Nowadays, we think this way. Look, a person who wants to become a well, doctor... Saying, you know, uh, in, the, in the case of uh, Bani Khuraida, yeah. it was... It was quick. Sahaba, they, took it, they were so quick. It was yes. done. And because, they came back, they asked the Prophet exactly. to give them an answer. But then, see, they had the ruling from Rasulullah already. They, the command was there. Oh, it's not they, didn't, they didn't understand it. It's the issue of the difference happened between the understanding. Right. That's allowed. That's allowed in Islam. That's not a problem to have a difference, right? We've already been discussing the wow. whole topic so of... The problem is there, they might have un- un- understood in two different ways. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, so we are not going one... in this matter. Yeah, so this is a, still an opinion is already there from Islam. Right. And now, it's not that they, uh, they acted upon it and then went back to Rasulullah to find out 
whether it's from Sharia or not. No, it was right, already right. from the Sharia. That's, that's a good clarification. I just want, because, you know, yeah. they understood the hukum. They need to pray. Yeah. Uh, it's not that they don't, and then where to pray, uh, to hurry or not to hurry those things. Uh, so the hukum is already there. We are talking about a process when the hukum is not there. Yes. Yes. Right. So that's a different story, right? So now, when the hukum is not there, uh, I want to make sure the the, uh, the example I was giving was, for example, a person who is a, a surgeon, a doctor, right? When he is, they come across many, many uh, uh, different kinds of uh, uh, issues, which uh, they can be unique every day, which they may have never seen in their life. And they have to make a decision instantly to save the life. Right. right. What do they use? Whatever they have studied throughout their life. So uh-huh. they case. have gained the knowledge already. Now it's a time of action. So they make a decision. This needs to be done at this point. So now mm. when we talk about it's a very rigorous process for the ulama, hopefully it's, it, it, they don't have to study again 30 years to solve a problem. So they have already spent 20, 30 years of their life to study the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now they are in the position, the one who are mujtahideen I'm talking about. They are in the position of uh, uh, of understanding the rule, uh, of the situation, and to know what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and they will go back. Yes, it can take some time to make sure what they're concluding is correct. But it will not be years that we're talking about here. Okay, let me, let me ask it's you. It's no different than, uh, yes. Look, here's the thing, uh, uh, Sheikh Asim. You know, you've been through the whole uh, different process of school studying with different, uh, you know, ulama and things like this. You know, uh, we're talking about usually uh, these things happen when we're discussing, uh, you know, mu'amalat. Uh, you know, as you said, majority of the people, they may know the issues of the aqidah and they, they're not, and no one is constantly going back and questioning is Allah there or not, right? This is, we the the, the thing is that, you know, when you talk to the ulama in general, you know, the ulama class, in, I'm not talking, you know, all of them, but many of them uh, are not aware of the issues that are discussed today, yeah. right? I mean, I had an issue uh, last weekend and I was talking about, I asked uh, one of the younger ulama who was who's studying and I asked him a question. I mean, they're almost about to be finished, but they're, you know, second year, maybe some of them third year. And I was talking to them, let's say, on the issue of Tripura, India. You know, what should be done? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from India, you're from India, what should be done? Uh, the person wasn't even aware of what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> does that delay this type of not, not understanding the affairs of the ummah within the studying of the ulama when they're doing this? Uh, is that also delaying what, of, of, of the understanding of the ummah on the other side? <clears throat> Look, uh, before I answer the, the last part of the, the example that you brought up, uh, let me go back to what, the original part of the question. Number one thing is when we are talk about the when we talk about the solution for any issue uh, that let's say you're approaching a alim or when talking about alim we're talking about mushtahid let's say you're looking for an answer for uh, a situation that has come up. You want to know what Islam says about that. Well, he cannot say anything about the situation unless he knows the situation itself. He has to know the reality of uh, 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 the reality that has been presented to him. Okay, so he can only talk about the reality that he has understood mm. and look for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says for that specific reality. So reality mm. has to be understood. It's, it's no different than, uh, for example, you're trying to, to work uh, uh, on a patient, uh, if you're a doctor, and you have no clue about the history of the person. 
Mm. You have no clue what happened to him, you and you started man. just operating on him. You may kill the person. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about the solutions for problems, you have to understand. About, for example, uh, uh, and I'm not going to take the example and just talk about that. Bitcoins, for example, Bitcoin is something new. So Bitcoin cannot be. You cannot talk about the Bitcoin if you don't know what the Bitcoin is. So if yeah. a person who wants to give the verdict of halal and haram on that subject, he has to understand what is Bitcoins first, By and the way, then give the halal haram check. Huh? <laughs> is this not, halal? Let me know. It's, it's not allowed, but uh, that's a separate issue. As I okay. said, we're not going to go into the detail of that. Uh, but uh, so that's that. Now, whether it's the issue of Tripura, whether it's the issue of Kashmir, whether it's the issue of Palestine, whether it's the issue of uh, on and on and on and on. Uh, Islam definitely talk about that issue. As a matter of fact, those Muslim brothers and sisters today are suffering because of Islam. They are because of their Muslims. It's not because of Islam. It's a wrong statement to say because look, of Islam. See, look, look, of course, you, 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 you made a unique statement there, uh, which probably is not even understood in, amongst the majority of the ulama. Look, you said the suffering is only happening because they say we are Muslims. Yes. If they were Hindus or if they were, you know, whatever, that's not the reason. The, the, only, the reason for the suffering is that we, uh, they are Muslims. But the Muslim... Yani the, 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 the ulama they are they are looking at this issue sometimes are not even looking at the issue and if they're looking at the issue they're looking at it from an Indian nationalism whatever perspective so that's even you know that wouldn't that actually even make the Muslims over there feel like okay then let's not even discuss this as issue as an Islamic issue anymore mm-hmm. yeah. because they're yeah. not no one wants to look at this issue. The ulama that need to be looking at this issue are not mm-hmm. looking at it the way they themselves are. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a look. So they are, they are suffering. The, the people I specifically mentioned, they are suffering because they are Muslims, because they say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. One. And on top, uh, and because Islam does not exist as as a ruling uh, a way of ruling or as a state, there is nobody to protect them. And it's not the Muslims who are suffering because of the absence of Islam in a practical manner. Non-Muslims are also suffering because of that. Okay, right. Muslims are suffering for the specific areas I talked about because they say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Okay, and the others are suffering because of the absence of Islam. So it's again both of them are suffering because of the absence of Islam from that angle. But Muslims are under the microscope like that because of their saying La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And now. Because they are trying to make that as nationalistic issue or the borders that have been created between the ummah by psych pico agreement or whatsoever agreement, nation, uh, the state, uh, uh, the, the, whatever they, they came up with, and they divided the ummah into uh, 55 plus states today, and they're continuously dividing. Uh, and they've been told, Muslims, unfortunately, they, th- they think of those, those borders as sacred borders. I don't think the Ummah believes this way, but the ones who are ruling over them, they want to make sure people think this way and they're continuously pushing this agenda among the Muslims so they continue to think this way. This is our national issue, our specific country's issue and on and on, rather than thinking this is the issue of the Ummah and Ummah has to stand up and take care of this issue. But this this understanding, unfortunately, um, is is I, w- I don't say I don't want to say it's not there, but it has been uh, clouded. 
I would say there's a smoke screen has been created and uh, there's a confusion is there among the Ummah, unfortunately. Yeah, because no, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you one final question then I'm going to have to go to the questions that are being asked on the side. But one question was that, you know, uh, especially when it comes to the, the some ulama, for instance, they said that, look, uh, the issue was that we were trying to save the sciences of uh, the Islamic sciences in areas, especially where Islam is under threat, the Muslims are constantly under threat. So what we wanted to do was save the sciences so they, rather than create conflict with the existing state. I mean, you see what I'm saying? They said, okay, we want to save the science, this ulum that we are teaching. If we don't mm. even, if they don't even allow us to teach this ulum, then Islam is gone. So mm. is it that, you know, is that a right statement? Is that the mind- mindset that we should have that, okay, that look, uh, you know, do we want to create a problem with the state or do we want to uh, keep continuing at least to be able to teach Islam. And that Islam where a scholar doesn't know uh, what is the reality next door to him. That- yeah. Look, uh, I think the the way I, I look at it and uh, we all understand this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us as well. Look, when we approach Islam, simplistic, I'm going to give in a very simple answer. When we approach Islam, we have to approach Islam, the wahi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the manner to understand what does Allah wants from me. Mm. Mm. We should not be approaching the Sharia, should not be approaching Quran, Sunnah, to find out where can I cut the edges or whatever it's called, the corners, and uh, uh, I can smooth my, smoothen my life in a manner that my boat continues to sail. <laughs> the issue is not that. At the end of the day, we are all accountable in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. That has to be the focus. And when we go with this focus, we want to know what Allah wants. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us, don't talk about those things, fine. I have no problem with that. But that's not the case. We know that. Mm. We know that. So to, to, to come up with these excuses, whoever comes up with these excuses of not to talk about the Islam, and especially when you're teaching the people Islam and you're not... You, you are not giving them the whole Islam. The, the, that's, that's creating a bigger problem because today you are take, have taken part of it. The very same ones will take another part of away when they will be under threat and on and on and on. You think of it generation after generation. What, what are we going to end up with? Right. I mean, and that's to with what you're saying. There's a question here. It says, you know, is this, uh, you know, I only care if this is halal or haram. Just tell me halal or haram. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, mindset type of thing what is this because we are living in a, in a system where things are either considered legal or illegal is this you know there's a legal you know i'll give you an example we had a student uh, one of them you know we were talking to them that you know uh, uh, homosexuality is haram he turned around and said i understand but is it legal or illegal you know okay. so we said oh okay hold on we, it's, it's legal in this kufur but it's haram he said look sheikh if it's le-, you know what i'm saying so this is uh are, are the Muslims also trying to make Islam this way? Just tell me haram and halal. I don't care what the process is. I don't want to learn all of these details. Uh, yeah. Just tell me haram, halal. So there, there are two aspects of it, right? One is, uh, that's good actually, in a sense of a Muslim wants to know what is halal and haram. Okay? So he, when he's, uh, he's undertaking an action, he wants to know what Allah wants from him. So right. now, now, to limit ourselves to that only uh, do's and don'ts, kind of a scenario, halal or haram, halal and haram, uh, and on and on, continue on, and you don't learn yourself what it is, then you are limiting 
the number of people who are learning about the deen and uh, obviously uh, then uh, you, uh, you, you you the, the thing is you, the, as far as shara goes you may be okay because somebody else is taking care of the halal and haram he is the one who is finding out for you but the problem happens in this whole scenario is when people start following the other people blindly when i'm yeah. saying blindly blindly in the sense of a person start making halal haram but because he has a title in front of his name you take it and go yeah. this is where the problem starts not okay? looking for actual we, evidence huh? even, you the, the, you the know, even if you rather than actual evidence even if you do not give the evidence it's allowed in islam for a, for example an alim to give an opinion say this is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants because he's thinking the person who is asking the question even if the evidence is given he may not understand it Okay, yeah. but the point is, there's a kind of a uh, agreement is there between them when uh, the questioner is ask, uh, 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 asking a question. He believes that one he's asking, he is going to give him the hukum of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Yeah. Okay, and the one who's giving, he's putting his all his effort to make give him the hukum of Allah regarding the issue he's asking the question. Up to that extent is okay, yeah. but what happens is in this course. If we take, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, right? they took their uh, ahbar, their uh, rabbis and their monks as their gods, as their rabb. And when it was asked Rasulullah s.a.w. by Adi bin Hatim, he said, uh, but we did not do it. Rasulullah said, well, did they take, uh, did you accept whatever they made halal is halal, whatever they made haram is haram? He said, yes. And Rasulullah said, that's what it means by making them as a rabb. Mm. You're making them as a god. So if a Muslim also goes on the same footsteps, then they are following the Bani Israel the same, same way. Meaning they make their scholars the same way. If they say haram is halal, it's okay for them then. Like for example, nowadays it has become a fashion, right? To go for, do the fatwa shopping. And whichever scholar gives the opinion that goes according to what I want to do, I'll follow him. Mm. That's fatwa shopping. That's, that's following your desires. It's haram. You're making your desires as the God now. So, uh, unless if the, if we get to that point, that's the, the, this is where the problem starts. And many cases, that's what is happening actually. Not necessarily the fatwa shopping, but uh, there are people they are uh, saying things which are not from Islam, but because they carry the titles, people have started following them, and they are they are continuously following them, and that's uh, uh, the, the, this is where the problem starts. And I think uh, for that. It's good to the other brothers when they see things like that, they have to raise the issue and let them know. And what happens is when these people, you talk to them, you give them the ayah, you give them the hadith, the evidences regarding an issue, and they will say, no, but Fula Sheikh said, who's a celebrity scholar, hence he must be right. There's so many people are following him. So it says, uh, there, there's, a, I'm gonna, uh, can, there's seven questions, so I have to, here's the uh, thing. So it says, do we have to, well, uh, uh, watch, you know, for a new Muslim, as a new Muslim, how do you know whose opinion to follow? Mm-hmm. So, uh, whether it's a new Muslim or uh, a Muslim who have been probably a born Muslim as well, but he, if he does not have the knowledge about the subject, that's the key thing, right? Uh, a new Muslim is, is the same; it goes in the same way. Uh, if you do not have the knowledge about something, first of all, learn. Don't think. First of all, you will never be able. No, nobody will be able to to learn everything. Okay. We, we are human beings, we are limited, and we have limited knowledge, limited time in, in this world and all those things. So 
we will always be learning so start learning number one thing second thing is if you do not know the subject then go to the person that you trust trust in the sense of you have a trust with him that he will give you the hukum of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will not give you a crooked answer he will not be giving you uh, uh, shortcuts rather he will be giving you what pleases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by the way he may be wrong just to be fair the person who was giving you opinion he may be wrong at that time and down the road in your life you find out the opinion that was given to you was incorrect and there's a stronger opinion exist mm. and when, once you realize the opinion was stronger then you go to this one so you can follow as a new muslim you can rely on those brothers at that time, brothers or sisters at that time uh, uh, until you are able to understand uh, the deen by yourself also or uh, you can find the opinion by yourself uh, there's another question here. Is there a difference of opinion on calling the Christians and the Jews kuffar? Some people say we could not call them kuffar. Is this an uh, issue of belief or ruling or both? Um, this is a normal. Uh, actually, Surah uh, Al-Bayyana is very clear about this. <laughs> if you look at this. Yeah? So the thing is, when it comes to the kuffar, first of all, the kafir term is it's an expre- it's a term Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used. Okay. In the Quran, in the Hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made a very clear distinction between the, the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he went to Medina and the ones who were not following Islam. So these are two different, this distinction for many different reasons. There's a re- for when you are implementing the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to distinguish between the people who are Muslim and non-Muslims. Now, uh, a kafir is not a derogatory term per se like that. It's not to like you're insulting, trying to insult somebody. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the term for the people who do not believe. Okay? And Allah has given this How choice. else are we going to differentiate? Yes. No, no, but the thing is, unfortunately, um, uh, I was going to give the khutbah today about the subject. I, my, my mind changed by, at the end, by the way, this, uh, this subject itself, which uh-huh. is about the issue of... Uh, uh, a lot of time, and especially when now, you know, these days of uh, Diwali or Christmas and all this Passover, all those days are coming. And now many of the Muslims, they be thinking of, oh, we should go and celebrate with them. And this way we can do the da'wah. Okay. Right. And don't use the term kuffar or something because you are insulting them or something. <laughs> no, look, first of all, they don't care. The, the, what is the term that you have uh, or Islam says? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the term because they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they believe in Allah and you're calling them kafir, there's a problem with you then. So uh, the, 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 they're not Muslim. And for the person who is not a Muslim, Islam uses the term. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the term. Hence, we use the same term. Now, uh, th- th- that's all I can say about this. Uh, but I think the people are trying to do these things. as They, they think that we may be able to find some soft spot if we talk like this. The thing is, I think it's not that you're finding a soft spot. Actually, you are. Uh, we are. We are being. Uh, uh, I think we are not sincere to them by giving them the message as is. Right. We have you to convey the message. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually hiding uh, the uh, and yes. uh, yeah, being hypocritical. Actually, so there is. And it's not good for you, and it's not good for them because right. it's not good for you because Allah Subhanahu will hold you accountable. It's not good for them because they were never given the right message. Right. So, uh, and it's worse if they find out the realities and then they come back and, uh, you know, uh, yes. it's actually... 
so what is the, the uh, what is a short list of books a beginner should read to understand usul al-fiqh uh, I find one of the books is a very very good book very simple obviously there are very, a lot of complicated books are out there which mm-hmm. are uh, a lot of them are in Arabic for that would become a problematic thing for many of uh, of the listeners here uh, but uh, in English there's a very well concise book which is called Usul al-Fiqh Studies in Usul al-Fiqh by Iyad Hilal and uh, another brother whose name is Bayrawi uh, I can send you the link. Uh, it's available yeah. online. If you just search for studies in Usul Fiqh and uh, look for the name Iyad Hilal, PDFs are available. Okay, so Iyad So I would Hilal. start with that. It has all the basic terminologies are in place in simple English and okay. uh, uh, comprehensible. Yeah. Yes. All right. And uh, then it says, as uh, so are you saying don't... What in the world? Okay, so because, uh, you know, when you mentioned that... Uh, Arabic language is a must, of course, in order to be able to, you know, study istihad or do istihad or understand why difference of opinion occurs. So it says, do you have or do we have to follow? Um, are you saying that don't learn the Quran until we learn the Arabic language? No, I'm not saying that. Look, what I'm saying is, if you uh, want to be in the position of the one who can extract the rulings by yourself, Language is a must, number one thing. That's what I'm saying. Now, besides that, uh, even for a person who doesn't, who may not become a mushtahid, for example, the one who will extract the rules, learning the language will open so many doors for you that uh, most of our work is available in, in Arabic language, actually, okay, in Islam. Yes, it's translated in English, in Urdu, in, in Farsi, Persian, and Hindi, and on and on, many different languages as well. And you can, uh, until you are able to learn the language, yes, go read those books which are available. Even the, the meanings of the Quran available in the language, language that you understand, or the tafsir, commentary of the Quran, uh, commentaries of the Quran which are available in the languages that you can understand. I don't know which language I'm assuming. We're talking about English only right now. So in, in English, many of the tafsir or the commentaries of the Quran are available and they become very useful. As a matter of fact, even the ones who know the Arabic, even for them, they go to the, 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 those commentaries to understand. Yes, those commentaries are written in Arabic that, that uh, when you translate from Arabic to English, you lose something always. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Because it could, becomes a, that the person who, the way he understood it, he will translate like that, right? Like we the, go back to simple hadith that we talk about, talked about. The Sahaba understood the very same thing in two different ways. Right. So now when you translate, there is a chance that you may lose something. So hence, uh, 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 then obviously you can think of it. The one, if you want to do the job of extracting the rules, you must be, you must know the language. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you cannot approach the Quran until you learn the Arabic. Yes, you go uh, read the Quran still. Uh, uh, in the languages that you can understand uh, the meaning of it. It, the point is the one is not in Arabic it's not the Quran it's right. just the meaning of the Quran okay right oh so you're saying if you okay so the answer would be I guess uh, if you don't understand the Quran uh, meaning Arabic language then how can you give a ruling in a language that you don't understand what the language is saying so this is why Quran is nece- I mean Arabic is necessary for that particular work if you want to be in that status yes uh, yes. so, uh, then the question here is, you know, what did people follow before the four imams, before Abu Hanifa, Shafi'i, Malik, Hanbali, and others? Yeah. What did the people follow? 
It's, it's, it's a good question. So, yeah. uh, uh, as... Uh, Subhana, I only talked about one example, but there are many examples I had from the uh, uh, from the example of Sahaba and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Like for example, let me give an example of Muaz bin Jabal radiyallahu anhu when he was sent to Yemen by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. While he was on his way, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him, "كيف تقضي إذا عرض لك القضاء?" How are you going to make a judgment when somebody comes and asks you for a qada for for a judgment? And he said, أَخْذِي بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ That I will make a judgment by the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah said, okay, if you don't find that, فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدْ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ Then he said, فَبِسُنَّةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then I will go by the sunnah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. Then Rasulullah said, what if you don't find in the sunnah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه either? So he said, then I will make my own opinion. Okay, the opinion is based on the Quran and Sunnah. It's not he's saying, I'll just make up from my own mind, come up with something and that will be, okay, that's my judgment on that. No, based on those principles which are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah, if there is nothing direct are mentioned there, then he will go by that. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he heard uh, Mu'ad bin Jabal saying this, he said, Alhamdulillah, alladhi wafaqa rasoola rasoolullahi lima yurdi rasoolallah. Hmm. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him uh, a rasul, a messenger, because he's a messenger of Rasulullah going to Yemen, because he is representing Rasulullah there. That, uh, that Rasulullah was pleased with him. So, so uh, when we even talk about the four uh, sources of law here, yeah. Islamic law, that is coming also from the hadith of the Prophet itself. Exactly. Not so that, it's not... And it's what, right. we, we say four today because these are the four that have uh, more comprehensive information is available. They were made way more than that. Even those four, you will find them, they are actually quoting other uh, fuqaha as well, who were from before them. And from the time of Rasulullah, the Sahaba themselves, among the Sahaba, they were Sahaba who were famous to make, for example, uh, uh, ishtihad. Okay, among themselves. Abu Bakr, the, like four Khulfai Rashidin. The, the, uh, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, uh, uh, the four, four Khulfai, they, they were famous for that. And besides that, uh, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, Ibn Abbas, Ubay uh, bin uh, Ka'ab, and, and on and on. These were the Sahaba, uh, they were famous for making ishtihad. And Aisha radiallahu anha herself as well, by the way. So these were the people who were making ishtihad among the Sahaba. And among themselves also, they used to have things like this. If one has given an opinion, then other will give up the opinion for their opinion. Because they, they thought of him in that specific field, he was more stronger. So okay. before the A'imma, I mean, before we have the yeah, A'imma, so we, we, there were other, first of all, you do not have the schools of thoughts per se like that, but it was like more of a knowledge existed. Language, mm-hmm. for example, was there. Right. Everybody was speaking the language. One, Quran was revealed in front of them. Sahaba, right. for example, I'm talking about. So for them, they were aware of the Azbabu Nuzul, why the ayat were revealed. Or... Uh, in the case they did not know, they were asking the other Sahaba about that, the ayah or the hadith or the incident that happened. So they were aware of. And similarly, when we say the language they were aware of, they were, they were aware of the rules of the language also. Hmm. So there are many things within the language. We say just simply say it's a language. For example, even in but English language, amongst the, amongst the Sahaba themselves, they were prominent Sahaba who were known yes. as scholars amongst them. Yes, and the, and the Prophet Sallam said, for instance, if you want to learn Quran the way it was revealed, go to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, for instance. Yes. Uh, right, or to Salim, or to... So this was meaning even the Prophet is indicating, saying yeah. that go to these people if you don't see me. 
Well, uh, yes. And uh, uh, similarly, among the Sahaba, they were aware of them. Even after the Sosam passed away, they were aware of them. Mm. Who to go to? Want to go understand, the, have the understanding of the Quran, tafsir of the Quran, go to Ibn Abbas, right. for example. Okay. Or, 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 or if there's an issue of, for example, uh, 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 inheritance. Right. Go Quran to Zaid bin Thabit. So he, he was famous for that. So the, the, that's what I meant by that. Uh, in general, about uh, judgments, about the, when you're making judgments between the uh, uh, two, uh, what do you call, uh, two parties. Ali radiallahu an was famous for that. You find that Umar is asking Ali, what do you think about the issue? While he's the Khalifa. No, it's just, I think people get confused because, you know, they, we don't see, like for instance, now you have Hanafi, Shafi, Maliki, Hanbali, Laiti, Zaidi, and Jafari yeah. and stuff like this. You know, you don't just see like Abdullah ibn Mas'udi, for instance. You don't see, you know, yes. you, know you don't see that. I, I think it's why not... the people say, why do we have these imams and then we don't have... Yeah, so the, the, if you understand the issue of the madhab itself, uh, right. when we say Hanafi, for, for example, right? So when you say Hanafi, it does not mean it's Abu Hanifa's opinion. I think many people are confused with this also. Right. When somebody says it's a Hanafi opinion, all, it, it could be by the it could be for Abu Hanifa, but not necessarily it's for Abu Hanifa. It only means the person who is who has extracted the rule or did the ishtihad, he used the principles set set up by Imam Abu Hanifa. So his madhab, Imam Abu Hanifa, was the mujtahid mutlaq. Mujtahid mutlaq means that that's the one who has his own usul principles. Right. So right. his principles were followed to extract the rules. So now this person, even though he's a mujtahid, but he is following the usul of Abu Hanifa. Hence this new ishtihad that came out of this person, that will be considered as a Hanafi opinion. Because of the principles followed by Abu yeah? Hanifa. And fa- yes, and within the Hanafi opinion, for example, I'm just going to give an example of Hanafi because many of them probably understand Hanafi other than the Maliki, Shafi, and Hanbali here, maybe. But just for the sake of examples anyways. Imam Abu Hanifa had two famous uh, students or companions, which was Abu Yusuf, Imam Abu Yusuf, Rahimahullah, and Imam Muhammad, Rahimahullah, right? So, yes, so these two were the famous uh, uh, students of Abu, Abu Hanifa, Rahimahullah, right? Now, these two students, they were considered as Hanafi scholars. They differed with Abu Hanifa also for opinions. Sometimes they differ among each other. Sometimes they differ. Both of them differed with Abu Hanifa also. So, uh, but their opinion is still considered as a Hanafi opinion. You see what I'm saying here? Even though the opinion contradicts Abu Hanifa, but the sole principle used by them was also the Hanif, Abu Hanifa's principles, hence it's called Hanafi. So now, when we say Hanafi, don't think of it, we're talking about just four, or Aimma, or these four schools of thought, we're talking about four, four, four scholars only. Right, of course. We're talking about hundreds and thousands of scholars who have passed in between. Alright, so here's the thing, I mean, the, the, as, as we know, we're not going to be able to finish this here. Uh, so we're <laughs> going to have to have maybe part two and part three, uh, because this is a very, very interesting, uh, you know, conversation. This has to we need to do this. Uh, we, we must do it. It's not. We need to. We must. We have to actually set it up where we have uh, part two and part three continue on this because I mean to tell you, I probably touched no more than four or five slides. Uh, you know, we have this whole thing in front of us, and we have to still go into so much of uh, you know uh, sources, principles, how the principles are deduced. And I would really love to do this with you so that people mm-hmm. actually learn what that rigorous uh, process is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 
you know, and, uh, and, 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 and make the people aware of the knowledge that is needed in order to do this work. Why we say it's so, you know, uh, uh, tough, you know, to get to, to be able to extract rulings. So uh, here, inshallah, uh, Sheikh Asim, wallah, jazakallah khair, uh, oh, yeah. for, uh, you know, helping us and understand the deen of Islam. And this is a favor by Allah, uh, by itself, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses people to teach his deen to others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep you in that status where you are always teaching deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, you're going to be back, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. Again, jazakallah khair for your time and your you know, and, and making this beneficial for us. Barakallah Fiqh and Jazakallah Khair for giving me the chance to talk. And, uh, anything that go, anything good came out of it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, anything uh, I made a mistake is all from my own weakness. And on that note, brothers and sisters, Jazakumullah uh, Khairan for attending. Uh, inshallah that you continue to uh, tune in every Juma on uh, live on this discussion. I apologize, it did take a little long, but the subjects are, uh, you know, are, these are serious subjects, brothers and sisters. These are serious matters. These are things that we as Muslims must know and understand uh, in order to understand our deen. And uh, unfortunately, it's rare to have resources like the way we have Sheikh Asim and Mufti Nadim and others that we're trying to bring and put in front of you. So please, t- you know, take the time to learn uh, because Allah will ask that these are resources given to us and we did not use them. Again, Jazakumullah khan for attending. See you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.